I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello there, Duke fans, and welcome to episode number 552 of the DBR Podcast Duke Basketball Roundup. It is Friday, November 3rd, 2023. This is like the 97th day in a row that we've been in your feeds to give you something uh, content related to Duke (laughs) basketball. And of course, we're going to recap the Duke football game last night. Before we get into all that, I am Donald Wine. I'm your host for this episode. That man alongside me, at least in my Zoom, you guys can't see him, but I can. Jason Evans. Jason, good morning, sir. Hey, thanks for the laugh. This does feel like 97 days in a row that we've done uh, a podcast. We need to take the weekend off, my friend. (laughs) We're going to take it off for like a day because we have the stats game coming later this weekend and then the season starts. So, yeah, get your get your rest in this afternoon, I guess, Jason, uh, because the season is right around the corner and we do not stop. So with that, let's get into the basketball portion of this episode. The opening game less than 72 hours away, and it is against the Dartmouth Big Green. That's right. Dartmouth is coming to Cameron on Monday night to face the Blue Devils. Last year, they finished sixth in the Ivy League. They were 10-18. and They are ranked 260th in Kempom. At least they ended the season that way. And this season, they opened up about 267th. So they're not really, I mean, they're about level with where they were last year. But Jason and I are going to talk about some of the guys that are coming back, you know, how Dartmouth has kind of performed against teams of this caliber because Duke is obviously going to be the best team that Dartmouth faces this season. But Jason, I'll start with you. Give us a little bit of what you got on Dartmouth and and 
you can even start with how they've pr- traditionally performed in the past leading up to this particular game against the Blue Devils. Yeah, l- let me begin with that. So this will be the first time that the Big Green has played a ranked opponent since November of 2018 when they faced the University of Buffalo. Buffalo was ranked number 22 in the land in November of 2018, and Dartmouth played them. Uh, if you if you think playing Buffalo is not a great example of what it's like to compete against <laughs> a top-five Duke team, then let's go back just a little bit more than that. The last time Dartmouth played a team ranked in the top five was November of 2006. They played Kansas in November of 2006. So it has been a while since Dartmouth took on a team the caliber of Duke. By the way, this is the first time they played the Blue Devils ever. We 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 play Ivy League teams all the time. Somehow Duke has never managed to face off against Dartmouth. Well, we usually and, kind of have a rotation, right? We, we kind of have the Yale, yeah. Harvard when there's no Tommy Amaker, you know, uh, Princeton. We've played them a couple of times. Columbia, I think we played, you know, way, way back. But it's usually like a rotation of like two or three of the Ivy League schools. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was a little bit surprised when I saw that. I was like, wow, really? I can't believe that it's been that long. You know, that they've, well, not that long, but that they've never played, uh, never played Duke before. Um, I, this is a, um, experienced team, the Startmouth team, mostly juniors and seniors in the rotation. There's one sophomore who's probably going to play a fair bit for them. Um, but they returned four starters from last season. Uh, so you'd expect them to play about the same way this year that they did last year. Um, it's worth noting that last year they were just 10 and 18. So they may bring a lot of guys back, but they bring a lot of guys back from a team that that was just 10 and 18 overall and, and a lower middle, you know, Ivy league team. Uh, they did lose a lot of close games last year. So their poor record could be a little bit deceiving. Uh, it is worth noting. I said, they br- bring back four starters. The one they lost was their leading scorer and rebounder. <laughs> so they only bring back, they bring back you know four starters, but they lost their best player. So, so that matters a lot. Their best returnees, the two names that you'll probably hear the most in this game, um, point guard Ryan Cornish and forward Dusan Neskovic. Um, both of them, uh, Neskovic, by the way, from Bosnia and Herzegovina. Shout out to Bosnia. Uh, both of them uh, were double-digit scorers, like 12-point-per-game scores a year ago, and and you would expect them to, to be Dartmouth's leading scorers this season. They are guys who do not mind firing away from deep. Uh, they shoot a, a fair number th- of three-pointers, you know, around around four or so three-pointers a game from each one of those guys. And Neskovic can really hit it. He hit 41% of his threes last season. Donald, I know you had yeah, – I've got a bunch of other stuff about them, but I, I know you had some stuff on specific players to look out for and such. So I, I was getting into your territory. Go, go ahead and take it for a minute. Yeah, I was going to talk about Ryan Cornish. Uh, you know, shout out Sidwell Friends. He played there in high school. So man can play. It's not like he's – it's just just a brainiac in the classroom. He's he's also very good in the basketball court and is kind of crafty uh, with how he plays. He led the team in assists last year in minutes per game, so he's going to be on the floor a lot. You mentioned Neskovich. He's a, you know a guy who's going to be in the mix. Jaron Johnson, also a guy who led the team in fuel uh, free throw percentage, shot about ninety one percent. So hey, if you're trying to foul someone, the guy that says Johnson on the back, don't do him because he's going to go to the line. He's probably going to make his free throws. And I, I think the other guy that you have to look out for is Bre- uh, Brandon Mitchell Day. He's a sophomore. He was kind of the only freshman that was really in the you know main mix of the rotation last year. We expect to see a lot more of him, especially considering, as you mentioned, uh, Dame Delacun, who was their leading scorer and rebounder last year, is gone. 
Brandon Mitchell is going to be that guy who hopefully helps pick up some some of the scoring slack. I think one thing to remember about Dartmouth, or at least to, to know about Dartmouth, because we've never played them before, as you mentioned, they're not a huge team. They do have a few guys at like 6'8", six, 6'6". Six, six. They're not going to have a bunch of tall guys. Their only guy who's really, really tall is uh, Nikola Dmitrievich, who is 6'10". So what does that mean, Jason? That small lineup that we saw quite a bit against UNC Pembroke, I think we're going to see that again against Dartmouth. I think we're going to probably see Jeremy Kane start. We'll probably see a lot of rotations that involve uh, the big men rotating in for each other and not alongside each other. We may see a couple times where you see Ryan Young and flip, but I think you're going to see mainly a smaller lineup, at least to start the season for the Blue Devils. Yeah, you're you're totally my my very next point was going to be that they're not a big team and that that plays into Duke's hand. Uh, Dartmouth mostly plays a three guard lineup. You can be almost guaranteed that Duke is going to respond with our own three guard lineup. It, it is worth noting that Dartmouth is a team that does play um, uh, their their bench a good bit. Last year, they were one of the they had one of the deepest benches in in all of college basketball. No one on the team last year. No one, even you know, even with you know those experienced uh, returning starters and such. That I, I, last year, no one averaged even twenty seven minutes a game. I don't think you'll see any Dartmouth players playing you know around 30 minutes in this game uh, against Duke uh, looking at sort of what kind of a team they were last year I think can tell us a bit you know because there are so many uh guys coming back I think it can tell us a bit of what kind of team they will be this season and uh, last season they they were a team that actually played kind of fast they were 105th in tempo not afraid to push the ball up the floor not afraid to to you know push you uh, defensively into taking a shot quickly on the shot clock uh, they had a real problem with turnovers a year ago. They committed turnovers on almost, uh, sorry, slightly more than 20% of their possessions. That's a big number. That's a problematic number for any team. And and I guarantee you, that this is a Duke team that puts a lot of pressure on the perimeter. You know, that, that three-guard lineup, we have to. We, we don't have any big shot blockers on this team. So Duke defensively is going to try and turn you over on the outside as opposed to try and make you miss a shot on the inside. And and I think that's something that could be a real problem for Dartmouth because it's something they were bad at a year ago. Um, they are a very poor, at least a year ago, Dartmouth was a very poor offensive rebounding team, grabbed just 23% of their missed shots. But sort of strangely, they were a good defensive rebounding team. They did not allow many offensive rebounds. They, they did a nice job of blocking shots as well. These are sort of the things that Dartmouth does the best on defense. Uh, they clearly play good team defense. And I, I think... You know, the computers say this is going to be a mismatch. Uh, Dartmouth comes in number 267 in Ken Palm, and Ken Ken Palm expects Duke to win 83 to 58. I, I actually think there's a chance this could be a slightly closer game than that, believe it or not. I, I won't be surprised if Dartmouth keeps this game within about 20 points or so. Uh, just the fact that they are a, a pretty experienced team, uh, I, I think will probably bode well for them. Uh, in in this early season game, Duke, I, I think Duke will see this game as an opportunity to play the the freshmen, the young guys, a good bit and really get them some experience. So, I, you know, I, my, my bet would be it's a game where Duke sort of gets out to a comfortable lead, but then doesn't stretch that lead out a, a tremendous amount. Because again, I think that you're going to see Duke playing the freshmen a lot. Really, you know, let Caleb Foster, let Sean Stewart, uh, certainly J- Jared McCain, you know, let those guys really stretch their legs. Uh, in real competition against a Division One opponent. When you think about an Ivy League team, you think about a team that's scrappy, you think about a team that's not going to quit. 
you think about a team that plays hard from whistle to whistle and Dartmouth is going to be no exception. So yeah, it, it's not, it doesn't feel like to me is going to be a huge win. We're not going to win this game by 65. I'd love that, but don't expect that on Monday night. I think what you expect is a team who, yeah, we may get out to a comfortable lead, but Dartmouth is not going anywhere. They're going to try and shoot their way back into the game. We can't take them for granted. It's, you know, Ivy league teams have picked off teams in the NCAA tournament before, you know, Yale had that run, you know, Harvard's had a couple, couple of small runs. Princeton's had a couple small runs. So expect Dartmouth to play the same, you know, that sort of crafty, you know, again, not necessarily balls to the wall, but they're going to, you know, play very, very hard. And they're going to, you're not going to, you know, let you beat them by 45 or 50 points, unless you're actually, you know, making your, making your shot. So, I'm looking forward to that. But Jason, before we get out of here on this, this is the opening game game of the season. We usually don't do this on the show, but I want to ask you, we, we've had all the, the, the quote unquote secret scrimmages, the quote unquote wrong cuts. We've had the blue, you know, blue white scrimmage. We've had the exhibition game. We've had the secret scrimmage against Villanova. And now we open the gift that is the regular season. As we enter the season, what are you most looking forward to on Monday? From this team, what are you most looking forward to seeing from this team? Oh wow! I mean, there are so many different things. Uh, I think I, you can't help but be intrigued and excited uh, almost every season at Duke by the freshmen. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what we get out of out of the four freshmen that that are that I, I think all four of them will see will see time in this game. Um, I'm I'm really eager to see if Sean Stewart can can continue to do what he was doing in the second half of that scrimmage. I think it could be a big, big lift for Duke if Sean Stewart is able to to give them um, meaningful minutes at, at the five, uh, especially playing as athletically as he does uh, above the rim in the air in, in a way that, frankly, Duke's other big men just just don't play that way. And so I think that could be a big deal. Uh, and then the other thing is, you know, just coming off of everything we've heard, everything we saw, I'm excited for Jared McCain. I don't know how you could not be excited to watch his creativity, his reputation. Donald, I don't know if you remember, remember when he committed. All we talked about was outside shooting. This guy's going to bury yeah. the outside side. He's a shooter. He's a shooter. He's a shooter. And, and I don't know that we haven't, we haven't really seen that yet so far from him. Not that he's, you know, not, not that he hasn't shown that he's a good outside shooter, but we've seen so much more creativity with the ball and ability to get the ball into spaces. Yeah. I talked so much about his understanding of the geometry of the game. So I'm I'm really I, I I think that's that's to me that's almost more fun to watch than a guy who who bombs away from the perimeter. So I'm those are the two guys I'm really I'm really excited and interested in seeing play. For me, it, I think we've talked about this quite a bit over the summer and the fall. I'm ready. I'm most looking forward to seeing how this team embraces the expectations that we and so many others and even probably themselves have placed upon them. The expectation that this is going to be an elite basketball team this season in college basketball i i'm looking forward to seeing how they do that you know everyone talks about those first four minutes of a college season kind of like you want to get out to a fresh start i want to see what the middle 10 minutes look like because those are the times where yeah you get the you get the hot start at the beginning of the half you get the hot you know into a first half you get the hot start to the start of the second half but it's those middle 10 minutes that you're kind of like oh man I want to see what this team can do when, you know, Sports Center is not breaking in, saying, "Oh, let's look live look at Duke, you know, number two team." I want to see what the, what those expectations look like for them when they take a big lead 
in how they handle that. So yeah, I, it, I it's the first season, first game of the season, but it's one of those where you're like, I want to see how that works out and how we, you know, learn how to compete with that, even against Dartmouth, because it's not like Dartmouth is the is the strongest team in our schedule. And as we mentioned, the schedule is going to be quick and fast. You know, we are a week away as we record on Friday, November 3rd. We are a week away from playing Arizona. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. The season goes from one to three million very quickly. And <laughs> I want to see how they start the season, especially playing in both halves, those middle 10 minutes, how they embrace the pressure of being the number two team in the country. So, yeah. I mean, it. You, you talk about the schedule, and and you don't want to look ahead. That's that is bad form. <laughs> but we literally we played Dartmouth, and then we have Arizona and Michigan State back to back. I mean, come on. Uh, this team is taking a big old bite of the apple right out of the gate. Yeah, and we're looking forward to all of it. We will start by looking forward to Dartmouth, which is Monday night, nine p.m. Eastern time. On uh, uh on e I think it was on ESPN. I, I think it's ACC. I think it's ACC Network. ACC Network. Yes, yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, but greatly for you, you people on the West Coast, you get to get off work and then come home and watch your Blue Devils. You don't have to do it during the last hour or so at work. So we will leave it there. We will take a quick break. On the other side, Duke football, bowl eligible. You know what time it is. We'll talk about the Blue Devils after this. This episode of the Duke Basketball Roundup is sponsored by BetterHelp. Springtime is the season that's supposed to feel like a new beginning. We have better weather, and it feels like everyone gains a boost of energy. However, for many, leaving winter behind doesn't always mean that their mood lightens up with the extra sunlight. We all carry around stress, and that stress can build as more events get added to your calendar. That's certainly true, Donald. And with the amount of social gatherings... Increasing with the improving weather and more daylight, there's more pressure to be on when you're interacting with family, friends, coworkers, even strangers, even when stress has you a little bit down. And for some, getting advice from a therapist can help you tackle some of that stress without affecting you or the people you care about. That's what BetterHelp is all about. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be therapy that's convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule you just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a professional licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime you want so if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try and find your social sweet spot visit betterhelp.com slash duke roundup today to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash duke roundup I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We are back, and we move to the gridiron. The Duke Blue Devils are bowl eligible. They win last night in epic fashion, in kind of a walk-off fashion, 24-21 to 21 over the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Jason, this was a very, very fun game to watch. By fun, I mean very not fun. This was a very, you know, it was a <laughs> chore to watch. It was a battle. Yeah. Uh, we you know we had Riley Leonard who it was announced right before the game that he is out for an extended period of time due to a toe injury. But by um, the way, dude, did did you see the did you see what happened to to the the gambling line, the betting line? So so Duke was a twelve and a half point favorite over Wake Forest when when everyone thought Riley Leonard was going to play. They announced that Riley Leonard wasn't playing, and the line fell to I think five and a half or six. Like mm-hmm. it literally, like they're like, oh, Duke's not going to Riley Leonard. They're a touchdown worse without him. Like, oh right. my god! <laughs> but you know that, like, I'm sure that was something that we knew or the, the team knew was going to happen. But for us, it was a shock to hear that just yeah. before the game that he's out for an extended period of time. They even went so far as to say, as his return this season is in question. Um, that's how bad yeah. of a toe injury mm. this apparently is, coupled with the ankle injury that he already had. Like, man, get that man well, please. Like, that is. It's just devastating for him as a player, and I know uh, he's feeling it as far as you know wanting to be out there to play. We know he's a competitor. Uh, he's he's come back from that ankle injury twice now, and now he has the toe injury. Um, it, it's 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 terrible for him. But in his place, you know Henry Bielen, who had started a game in Ryan Leonard's absence, is also hurt. So we had to go to the third string. Grayson Loftus, freshman, true freshman. Wait, wait, not just a freshman. True freshman, not even a true freshman. freshman. Yeah, he he had some mop up duty against Louisville uh, at the end of the Louisville game last week, but this was his first career start. Jason, I'm just going to give you his stat line. We're going to go from there. Seven for 19 for 86 yards, one touchdown and one interception. And I don't say that to to bag on the kid because the kid had a fumble. Was, he had a fumble too. I think and he had a, fumble. a fumble too. Yeah, and it, I'm not saying that to bag on the kid. I'm saying that to say that a team with that stat line at the quarterback position won this football game. It's the grit that this team showed to come back, not once, not twice, but three times, and then have a walk-off kick on, you know, from Todd Polino with two seconds left. I am so proud of how this team battled through this because there was a lot of times during this game where it just felt like this was not going Duke's way. And even, even, I mean, they were playing hard, they were staying with it, but just the hits kept coming. 
you know, we still had a, a lot of guys on the on both lines that were out due to injury. Graham Barton still. We, out we were due missing to like we we're missing like eight starters or something like that. Yeah, it's, and yeah. and again, like the backup quarterback who would have started is also out. So like most teams don't come back from that. And so for this team to battle with again a true freshman playing in his first start, guys, you know, weren't catching the ball. It, it there was a lot of things that were going wrong for the Blue Devils, but they didn't let that get to them. And I'm super proud of how they battled back and won this game, which, like I said, makes them bowl eligible. Think, thing that we thought was a mere formality a few weeks ago before all these injuries started piling up. And now we are again celebrating the fact that Duke will be playing in the postseason at the end of the season. Yeah. And, you know, it's worth noting in the preseason, if you said to someone, oh, Duke's going to be six and three after they defeat Wake Forest, people would have been like, Really six and really six and three? You sure? Because this the the expectations were that our schedule this season was so difficult that it was going to be a real challenge for Duke to to even get bowl eligible. And and here we are with three games left in the schedule, and and we're already there. So uh, even though a couple weeks ago, you know, you were talking about you know is Duke playing in a New Year's Day game? Is Duke playing for the ACC title? These were things on the table for this team before injuries just started destroying. Uh, any cohesion that they had uh, it, it's still a tremendous tremendous accomplishment for this team to be able to get that sixth win and and I, I think they still have you know a, a win or two left in them even without you know even perhaps or likely without Riley Leonard uh, look the to me the story of the game and it's been the story of almost the whole season was the Duke defense um, mm-hmm. it was uh, you know there's some games where they where they don't even bend this was a game where they bent but didn't break uh, on repeated occasions and I just want to let people know if you weren't noticing in the fourth quarter, here's what wake, you know, with the game on the line, here's what wake Forest did on their possessions in the fourth quarter. They had a three play drive that ended in a fumble. They then had a a three play drive that ended in a punt. They then got a little longer. They had a five play drive that also ended in a punt. And then they had a, they, they game was tied at 21 and they had a six play drive that ended in interception. So two punts, two turnovers in the fourth quarter Duke defense they, they they were not going to let wake get in position to win this game and that's uh, we've seen that from them all season long and and they just continue to be the the best part of this Duke team this year and you have to tip your hat to Todd Polino I know that was a short field goal that he made but Duke wins this game because Todd Polino made that short kick while the wake field goal kicker Matthew Dennis for, for the first one. time in his career, missed a missed a, a a field goal of less than thirty yards, and missed one another one of less than forty. Um, and and then the other thing is, I wanted to I wanted to thank Wake Forest for for gifting Duke huge chunks of yards on penalties in our last possession. I mean, a Duke team that was struggling on offense the whole game really, really, you know, looked like they were only running the ball was was all they were really trying to do for the most part because Grayson Loftus. I was having some trouble, you know, finding receivers downfield, frankly, Jalen Calhoun, an incredibly experienced and accomplished wide receiver was dropping passes like left, like poor Grayson Loftus having trouble getting the ball, you know, to anyone but a running back. And he hits Jalen Calhoun in the hands a couple of times and, and dude drops some, I'm sure Jalen feels awful about that. And we've seen him be way better than that. But I, I want, again, back to my point, I wanted to thank Wake for gifting Duke about 25 yards or so on the last on the last drive with a uh a pass interference and a, a you know a roughing or you know uh want to tackle they 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 tackled too aggressively i guess you would say 
So, uh, I, but you know, as as much as Loftus's first few series were were a nightmare, he came together as the game moved on, and and I thought you know he he looked fairly decent at times. Yeah, one drive where it was he, he looked great, you know, going down the field at least. You know, not necessarily making every pass, but he was at least moving the football down the field. And in, in, in when you're calling audibles and stuff on the line, that's where a freshman can get nervous. And he showed a lot of poise as the game moved on because, again, it wasn't it wasn't the best stat line, but he was able to hold it together. And hey, now he can look back and he go, "Yo, one and zero as a starter, I can retire right here." Exactly, and and we have to you know we can't be done with this game without talking about about Jacquez Moore and Jordan Waters, who who I thought both of them were, they were grinding out the yards on the ground. And Wake knew that the that it was going to be a, a rushing attack primarily. Look, Duke's already, even with Riley Leonard back there, Duke's a team that that relies on the run more than they do the pass. And and with Grayson Loftus back there, they were really going to rely on the rush. And Jacquez Moore and Jordan Waters each ran for better than 75 yards in a Duke rushing attack that that came close to reaching 200 yards rushing on the game. Anytime you can get that 180, 190, 200 yards rushing uh, as a team, you're you're going to be in a contest. And it allowed Duke, uh, you know, in a game where where we were not getting a lot of first downs early, where we were struggling with the pass late in the game, especially in the second half, <clears throat> I felt like Duke did a nice job of controlling the clock, not allowing our defense to get tired and, and gut it out that win, uh, you know. I'll take it any way you can get it. 24 to 21 looks beautiful to me. I think the best part about this win is that it relieves a ton of pressure. They're not going to have to worry about people every week going, hey, you're going to get to that sixth win. Are you going to get to that sixth win? Because as we know, next Saturday, Duke faces UNC on the road. And that's the you know biggest game remaining on their schedule. They also have UVA, who's been playing well as of late. And then they also end the season with Pitt. So now they can play those three games to play those three games and they can relieve pressure, you know, hopefully get some guys back that have been injured, get them back healthy for the end of the season and for the Bulls in for the bowl season, I should say. And I, I like the fact that we got it done when we needed to so that we can get it out of the way. I was talking to my dad last night and was like, man, I'm glad that's over with. Like, we don't have to worry about that anymore. And now they can just focus on getting healthy and playing out the rest of the season. And again, you rack up a couple more wins, maybe one or two more wins that changes the out the, the bowl game that you end up in. You know, they can you know, we're maybe we're not talking about New Year's Day bowls anymore, but hey, there's still some really good bowl games out there. Cool destinations that do players and fans and families would love to spend their Christmas holiday in. So congratulations to the Duke Blue Devils and Mike Elko and the staff. Six and three in the season, three and two in the ACC. Jason, we'll leave it there on episode five hundred and fifty two of the DBR podcast. Again, check us out on Twitter at Duke roundup on Monday. When we have uh, our game, please send or send headlines there. You can send them to DBR podcast at gmail.com home field, home field apparel. Look out for something that they're doing next week involving the Duke blue devils. We're very excited about all the stuff they already have. Go check them out. Fanatics, a ton of stuff ready for the season. Yeah. Use by the way, when, you're, hey, you yeah. That, when, when they're on home field, Put in the code DBR podcast and they will get what did they get like a 15% discount? 15% off. Yeah. Yeah. You save money. We like saving money and we like that you get to save money by using us. So DBR podcast, use that code at homefield.com, homefieldperil.com, I should say. 
Now, stay in tune with us. DBRpodcast at gmail.com. For Jason Evans, I'm Donald Wine. This has been the DBR Podcast, and now it is time for the Duke Band to take us home.